side joint Ooh, cold side joint day, Amarin. And how are you this fine morning? I'm doing well, Jesse. It's uh, it's still, this is my job as someone that lives in Idaho to remind everybody that it's really cold in Idaho, but it's still <laughs> really cold in Idaho today. Is that so like, I'm a little freezing. Is that like in Alaska where you get like part of the oil rights? Is it like, do you get some kind of small stipend for letting yeah. people know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When you move into Idaho, they're like, okay, listen, a few of you are going to be designated to be the harbingers of bad news weather-wise <laughs> for other people and make them feel uh-huh. better or worse about their situation, mm-hmm. depending on the season. So I take that responsibility very seriously. Very seriously. It's balmy here, but I assure you people are still angry at me at the farmer's market if they have to vend outside, even though it is 50 degrees outside and they bought an outdoor space. It's fine. It's whatever. Uh, Well, isn't it strange when the consequences of your own purchasing decisions come right back around for you? I'm going to say this because this person will never listen to this podcast. There's a wackadoo at our market who is always angry at everyone and pinned me and yelled at me for half an hour the other day. Um, and was like, I should have known when you jokingly said when you met me that you were a bitch, that you are a bitch. And I was like, <clears throat> I said I had a resting pee face and that you should be aware of that because I'm not angry. I just have a resting pee face, which is not me being a biatch. Those are really different things. Also, I tell people that and I'm not joking. No, I'm not. It's a real warning. If like, people I tell think you, I'm mad. like, hey. I come across as upset sometimes. I'm not. I'm being serious. If I tell you that yes. sometimes I'm, I, I mean, I would never be like, I'm a bit of a bitch because of course, no. I and no, a lot of women wouldn't say that about themselves because, it, you know, long and storied history. That being said, wow, should have known you were being honest with me. <laughs> They do say people tell you everything they need to know about. You need to know about them. Really I said early. I have a resting bee face. I did well, not say I'm a flag. raging bitch. But if you want to see flag. me be one, this is a great step in the right direction, lady. Oh, what an escalation. Resting bitch face is like a very common phrase. And then <laughs> the escalation. I made a giant poster cartoon about it because I want to remind people, like, don't believe my resting bee face. It belies That's- my happy heart truly hilarious i honestly love that that locked into their brain not accurately (laughs) and they have clearly thought about it since and then they decided to weaponize this false information back (laughs) at you and that really that brings me a little delight like that was quite the dig and it was was not a dig at all have to listen for content people listen for content Honestly. All right. Today. Oh, uh, before we get started, I wanted to tell you this is in relation to the episode that we just did because we just did Sister Wives. And so I did, as you know, I read every stupid little like stars and entertainment article that comes up about the Sister Wives family, even though they're all clickbait and you only get like half a paragraph before you're shown some kind of gross skin disease ad. So It's a lot. It's traumatizing, but I go in for it. So I did a screenshot because this was really interesting to me. I had no idea. Okay. Robin, 
we hear about Robin's ex-husband, but we never see him or know anything else about him. We just know he's the father of the kids and that's the end of that, right? right. Um, we do know that they both came from a polygamous community, but they were not um, married. They or uh, they were married. They they weren't uh, married to another person. They, they weren't practicing polygamy, mm. even though they were from a polygamous community. So all that to say, her husband, first of all, his last name is Jessup, which is like hmm. the number two polygamist. FDL, FLDS name, like it's a, everybody's okay. a Jessup. So yep. in FLDS, um, so his last name is Jessup and he is related to two other Brown family members. No way. Get this. Not only is he the third cousin to Cody Brown, he's Cody's third cousin. Oh, he is also first cousin to Christine. Okay. So your theory has been proved. Remember when you talked about this in the last episode? Well, maybe it was the first episode of, of um, Sister Wives. But you said, I wonder how much family actually marries family in this group. And I wonder how oh many gosh, times right. this happens. And literally, I'm so glad you brought this up because this confirms that if they didn't want to talk about this and this kind of happened and all of these things were true and it never comes up, like that is happening. They're definitely keeping it quiet. If this yeah. is the case on such a major marriage alignment, I'd have to assume that this is pretty commonplace. Um, yeah. And probably cl- not to be alarmist, but probably closer relationships within groups that are not on TV. Not sure. To not to be sure. too skeptical, but that feels possible to me at least. Yeah. I, so I'm Robin's husband is Cody's third cousin and Cody's third wife, Christine's first cousin first cousins yeah well that would make you wonder if there were any like biases that they had about her as she came in wouldn't it because like i don't know i don't know they knew the history much better than we realized right maybe maybe also good feelings towards her i don't know because you know yeah i could go either way i suppose but that is really interesting well now i'm like deep in the i'm deep in the lore i need to know more i know it's fascinating because later when she has kids with cody I mean, like they are what one would call technically half siblings, um, but they are also they also have another element of being related because their dads, their separate dads are cousins. Their separate dads are cousins. Yeah. And it seems like it's a pretty messy breakup from the considering you yeah. don't break up with people uh, in this group, really. It seems yeah. pretty serious that they've split up from each other. I Yeah, for sure. I definitely, like, when I'm watching the first couple of episodes, I was definitely like, oh, something bad happened here. Yes, that, that the is the that clear I, implication. I gave, like, a pretty serious, like, even though she never says a word about it, that honestly makes it worse. It makes it seem more like something really bad happened. Um, well, I mean, another... I won't spoiler alert it for you. Never mind. Go ahead. Okay. All right. It's fair. I think I think it's safe to assume. Um, okay. Wow, that's really interesting. Well, I do feel like my brain is even bigger and more enlightened now about yeah. this. Yeah. I was like, what? I've got to share this. And then I like doubled back and looked around and like, yeah, that's for realsies. So oh my God. Okay. I know. Okay. This is Dark. this is the benefits you get from not being able to sleep and scrolling around on Facebook at night. So it's a beautiful thing sometimes. Yeah. It's a gift to all of you. You're welcome. Look into that as a way to <laughs> degenerate your health. Okay. Now we're on to what we have all been waiting for. Amber and I have been so impatient to get to this. And uh, we were Time. wrong because it was really traumatizing. Uh, yeah, it turns out this was covering... quite the send off for our. Because this is going to be our last 
Patreon special event. This will be three episodes, just so you guys know up front that we yeah. will be covering this. And what is it? Love has won. Back for her return appearance with Colt Side Joint on the Patreon. We are covering the Love Has Won documentary, which is called um, something that I apparently did not write down and forgot. Jesse, is it called called Love Has Won? (laughs) It's called Love Has Won, The Cult of Mother God. Okay, so it was very straightforward and I could have guessed it given the choice. I thought that was the case and that's why I didn't write it down, I'm pretty sure, because I was like, oh, I'll remember that. No problem. And then immediately (laughs) forgot it when we ended. But yeah, this is the new Max, I guess, since they've dropped the HBO, like real pretenders. Um, I guess this is Max's new HBO documentary. I refuse to not call you HBO. Um, (laughs) And it is... How would you describe it in a word? <laughs> well, I'll, listen, I'll say this. HBO makes excellent documentaries. They're yes, always my like, high quality. You, I could, for entertainment value, and I like documentaries anyway, but like I used to like rent the grainy documentaries from Blockbuster when I was young. So like I have high tolerance for shitty documentaries, but like uh, HBO, people who aren't into them could watch them as a TV show and be totally happy. Like they're really well done. They're always their 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 storytelling is excellent um their editing is like a, like attractive <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's yep. a really good documentary it is also so i think going into this i because we covered this and obviously like i paid attention again if anything ever comes across my path on love is one i've always clicked on it and, and read anything else that i can read about it so i consider myself pretty steeped in it however um and so going into this, I thought watching the documentary would be more of the same, just ridiculous hippie antics and like, but it was, um, it was Mm-mm. literally difficult to watch. Um, it was not, not the same. No. And be, mostly because it's almost entirely footage of their living together. It breaks out between footage yeah. of their living together and like interviews with her followers the interviews with her followers, I found really, really interesting, both the people yeah. who like were disillusioned and the people who are still followers. Um, but, and it is notable that most of the people interviewed, I mean, everyone is talking, everyone is speaking to the camera post her death. Cause none of this came out before they found that glittery mm-hmm. corpse. But, uh, um, but the, most of them are still her followers presently, mm-hmm. which is also interesting. Um, but so I found the interviews interesting. I found the footage like profoundly hard to watch. I struggle with being around people who are on like heavy substances. Um, they have a crazy vibe and it makes me feel a crazy vibe and I don't like it at all. And that's how they made me feel the whole time. Hated it. Mm-hmm. I hated it. Um, I was sick this week and I, that's why I've only watched episode one because I couldn't hang with it. Now, Amron's watched all of them and she is sad for me that I have more heartache to come. <laughs> I am because I definitely thought she'd seen more than the first episode when she was lamenting how intense they are because they do get slightly more intense, in my opinion. I mean, I don't know if well, we're going to get into what was in this episode and I don't know, like, literally if it's more intense because they start this out with a real banger um, that they don't yeah. really uh, they're not going to really hit to the, the height. Yeah. So maybe we could just mention that, like, the opening scene of this, I think it is we're not a mess to mention is live fo- camera footage from a police body cam, I'd have to assume. I think it yeah. literally says it on the screen. Screen. Um, yeah. As they enter the 
location where Amy Carlson, the mother God, was last living and find that she is, as we all know, spoiler alert, uh, I guess not since it starts with the documentary in this way, mummified, um, dead, of course, laying on the bed. Really disturbing shot here, guys. Been Um, dead for over a month. Yeah, she looks, it's really horrifying. It Um, is. I had seen it before because we've covered it on the podcast, but I did, I was watching it with my partner and I literally said like, hey, I don't think they're going to give you any kind of warning as to what you're about to see from what's going on here, but maybe don't look directly at the screen because it's definitely going to be pretty gross. Um, And had he not seen it? He had not seen it. No. So So he was like, oh, he yelled. He literally yelled whatever it showed the face because it shows the face and the eyes, basically. And they have it has like diamond like they're like pink gems. They're fake. I'm sure that she has in her eye sockets. And um, they're all fake. This whole thing is fake, Amron. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, they're not real pink diamonds. (laughs) Thank you for clarifying for everybody. (laughs) Um, No. Well, so the diamonds were real, actually. (laughs) Um, But. Yeah, it's he let out a little yell, like not not a not a terrified yell or anything, but just like a little ah. Uh, whenever whenever uh, the terrible corpse moment comes on screen, but yeah, it's Golly. a very jarring way to kick it off. I would say the documentary stays pretty jarring. I guess is a word that I would use. I think the substance yeah. thing is a great thing to call out. I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more. I had no idea. I know I've said this is like the only thing I said to Jesse ahead of recording is that I had no idea when I heard about this with jesse the first time on the podcast and then looked into it later the amount of drugs involved with this group i didn't that is really saddening um and if you i don't know like if you if that's a sensitive subject for you i would not recommend watching this documentary yeah no, Um, there is a lot of substance not just use but clear abuse going on in these scenes i mean they're not showing anything too explicit but like i don't think there's a single shot that i managed to see of amy where she's not holding a lighter in one of her hands um which surprised me really so i won't keep mentioning that i thought this was so shocking but there was a lot of drugs involved with this group as you mentioned yeah i thought that she was a heavy alcoholic who they enabled and that they smoked like a hippie level amount of pot is what i thought was going on i assume Um, pot yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but that is not what is going on here um it doesn't seem like it no I, I'll start. Do, is this what you expected or like were you jarred as well when you dove into this? Did you expect it to be more light and interesting or were you like this shit's going to get rough before you ever started it? I knew that the corpse thing would be rough um, yeah. and I knew there would be current followers. So I knew that as you already yeah. mentioned, so I knew that it would be a little intense in that way because it's never going to be super light in that case. But I was really surprised by how dark it was. Um, to me, this group had never felt as dark as it comes across in this documentary. And yeah. in the doc, it's all dark from the very beginning, basically. It is. And that's yeah. interesting. I do want to call out, too, that I found out that the woman that was the director of this, it was directed by a woman, which makes sense because it's so high quality. Um, yes. Her name is Hannah Olson, and she actually started working on this documentary only three weeks after Amy Carlson was discovered mummified. So oh, she wow. has been, and she is considered, from what I've read, a preeminent expert on just like this group, but also oh. some kind of a similar dynamics as well. She's very um, adept. So it's no mistake that this documentary was done so well and there were wow. some intentional things plugged in um and i did just want to call that out because i think that 
everything yeah, that is matters. Just, it matters. It's really intentional. And I think I think it's really cool that the documentary has been in preparation for so long. And I think it makes yeah. sense where we get so, such an intimate look in. Um, I would also say that this made me feel like the future is here watching this documentary because I've always been scared of the fact that one day there's going to be tons of, you know, there's like found footage in old documentaries. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to find in old documentaries. They're like, yeah. oh, we got this shaky camera angle. Yeah. As you said, <laughs> it is literally not hard to find footage anymore in our year right. of the Lord 2023. We are all recording ourselves all the time. Right. Um, and that's what these people were doing in this cult. Well, and, and they have tons thing. of documentation of, their, of yeah. themselves. Their it's true, but we are literally. Media. It's true, but we are like, and they, so they're really doing it, but we're just always posting ourselves online. Right. It's, it's what's so crazy. Like if someone decided to make a documentary out of our lives, there's a lot of footage that you could pull yeah. um, of me off the internet right now, which is terrifying. It's true for most of us. Um, so that's me saying lock down your cyber accounts before we really get too into this, I guess. But <laughs> plenty of evidence these people were losing it also. <laughs> HBO, do not make a documentary about me. <laughs> no interest in that. Thanks. I'm not Please interesting. Not. Please stay away from me and all of the weird little YouTube clips I happen to be in online from when I was like in seventh grade. Stay it's away. It's not going to be flattering. I'm not no. photogenic. I mean, and it just starts there and goes downhill. So we don't need to do it. We don't need to go there. Um, yeah. So I guess we can really get into it. The documentary is rough. It's rough. It's rough. Okay, let's do it. So it starts out with the cops because I'll remind you guys historically what happened here is that this woman had been dead for over a month and they had been rolling her car, her corpse around starting in California and had brought her corpse across the country all the way back to Colorado, which I think is a crime in itself. Um, but th because in Crestone was where um, their main money guy, I believe, lived, Michael. Mike. Angel Michael. Yes. And, uh um, so they were coming, kind of coming home, one might say. Um, and so when they got there, they were like, hey, we brought this corpse. And he was like, I think I'll call the cops now. Again, another corpse to a 20th century fight. Moment. Yeah. Why so many corpses, people? We're, we're referring to the Waco episode in which there was yes. another a corpse off. Um, so they had they had. Ugh, they call her mom and I it's the creepiest it's title. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. So they had mom. <laughs> I'm making a gross face. Um in this room, like she was literally mummified, and then she was kind of wrapped like a mummy in like a sleeping bag and then under blankets. And then in this room that had like a shit ton of sparkling lights just to make it just as unsettling as humanly possible. And then the cops come in and find her. Here's mm. what I think was so upsetting about that because we I have looked at that corpse picture plenty because it's it's a little hard to see the details of the corpse picture and it's hard to it, it's so crazy that it's hard to equate it to the human it's attached to it has been my experience in the in the 2d looking at the picture um, yeah. and so I think what is so jarring when you see the footage even when you've already seen the picture of that footage mm -hmm. before is that the camera's moving it's in real time rather than seeing a 2d picture on the internet you are seeing really the contours of her face her face mm -hmm. and you it just it looks more like her you see her it, it's just more human yeah, um, I don't know I, how many I, mummified corpses any of you have seen, but they're hopefully not many, and they're more realistic than you'd expect <laughs> when they're not done well. I mean, because they didn't 
uh, I don't really want to get into this, I guess, now that I'm starting to say it, but like they didn't do like a thorough job uh, or a professional job. No, she uh, just mummifying her. They just by coincidence. Exactly. Like, exactly so. what I was trying to. Th- that's actually <laughs> the most eloquent way to put that. And I appreciate your language <laughs> because mummified by coincidence is precisely what I mean. And it makes it a million times grosser and it makes it a million times more lifelike um and it is it is really i don't think i can overestimate or i'm sorry overemphasize for you guys that it is a tough a tough sight there are better full face pictures that you can see of it online if you're one of those people that wants to see it um by googling it's worse obviously if you see the full face but for some reason the full color moving footage it is heart stopping, really it upsetting, is. and I think it's also the fact that it's just like discovery footage, and you can like feel the fact that these cops yeah. didn't know that it was going to be there. That also heightens the stress, and it just being like, oh, how traumatizing would this be? Not that I'm a pro cop person ninety percent of the time, but sure, wow, I, I feel for the boys in blue having to, and the woman involved in the scene, but um, having yeah. to deal with this. This is crazy. And they were ostensibly coming in for a wellness check. <laughs> they were. They literally did. I don't she think they expected unwell. that. Yeah. And also when they open the door, El Moyer is there and he, which is the last father God. Um, yes. And he opens the door and is basically just like, come in, come in. Yes, she's here, basically. And so yeah, they he's like, she's resting. She has rested. They were like, we <laughs> need to see her. And he goes, she has rested and sort of folds his hands, which is such a great cult member move. It's a great and I, cult member We will move. at the very end get into El Moira. We only see him at the beginning in this clip and then he comes back at the very end of the episode. He so we'll have like to put Mr. a pin Burns in that. In that moment he truly does. He has the arms she has crossed. She's rested. Um, so the these police officers were not prepped for what they were walking into. They were not. What I was trying to tell you. Um, so yeah. I wrote down just um, because as they're going in, it kind of goes under the radar, but there is a conversation on the body cams and you're so busy looking at the like fucking whacked out place that they live in that it's yeah. easy to miss the conversation had on the body cams. But an officer comes in. Uh, and he's like, yeah, we got to do a wellness check. And this one of the followers, I don't think it shows them because they're just walking in and you're seeing all the footage. But you hear the follower say, so mom always said that she would ascend with her body if you understand what that means. And the cop goes, OK, I talked to one of your other people and I know all about the fifth dimension, so we don't have to go through that again. <laughs> yes, he says he says, like, I know all about 5D and ascension, I think, too. <laughs> and it killed me. I was like, yep, you you have been briefed. That's hilarious. And yeah. then there's there's a like another little track later where the cop the cops are. It's just like it's just under. I don't know if you even noticed this, but there's another little conversation where we're seeing different footage and the cop goes, you're in custody. And the uh-huh. follower goes. Yeah. And the because the, the follower is trying to be like, right, but we were keeping her body because see, she's going to ascend because see the fifth dimension and see the aliens and see Robin uh-huh. Williams. And the cop cuts him off and goes, you're in custody. And the person goes, yeah. And the cop goes, we're in jail. Yep. He just just rounds him again. We're in jail. Uh huh. <laughs> Bring it in. <laughs> yep. Let's remind ourselves where we're at. Yeah. And I love the way that they do it too. Like that has to be some form of training, like like realization training or something, because like some of these people are genuinely struggling with some mental stuff. Yeah. Some of them are like willingly being weird. And some yeah. of them, in my opinion, in my totally unprofessional opinion, and some of them seem to be genuinely like mentally mistracked, which is totally understandable. Um, and 
yeah, I wonder if that's even like a technique. Like, where are we? You know, like, are we in a magical, <laughs> are we in Lumera or whatever? Or are we in jail, my brother? We're in jail. My brother in Christ, you know, like, <laughs> we're in jail. Um, that's, I love that scene. That's so funny. I just um, love the cops are over it immediately. It, this is why I'd be a bad cop because I would be like, yeah, no, go on. Please tell <laughs> me more. Down. Keep talking. So the Keep aliens more. and. I feel like I don't know I feel like I wonder how much the cops are interacting with these people because I feel like I would be the same and then I feel like I would get up to here with it holding my hand above my head and I would be like would you shut up about all that nonsense and let me investigate the dead body I found in your house which I'm sure I I definitely felt that exasperation from the police and I was like yeah that's totally warranted if I found a dead body I would also be like would you shut up about the archangels I don't care um, right. I'm not looking for an archangel. I'm looking for a human woman who's deceased. Um, well, and once they've seen the corpse, then they're mad at the people around them. They're yeah. fucking horrified. They've got to like secure the scene. Now they don't know. Did they murder this and, woman? Am I in the Manson family? What's going on? And these people are like, yeah. And so anyway, with the fifth dimension and they're like, yeah, yeah, I got it. Exactly. And the other thing on a more kind of serious note that the police may be considering here is the fact that they have said mother has ascended and we it's our turn now. Now we ascend. Mm. So there's another thing I think that the authorities are watching out for at this time is the fact that they make a public statement and continue to say to the authorities, it's our turn now, which to me, I would be very worried. I would be like, I don't know what's going on, but it's maybe pointing towards group exit which concerns me oh, very yeah. much no 72 um, hours for all of you yeah exactly so i do think that there is sort of like this weird like i'm, I'm mad at you and also like trying to protect you from yourself and also all of this so it's, it's just a very it's very complex um so i'm gonna add to this mix because i think it's really relevant sorry to interrupt you but no go ahead exactly what we're talking about i'm gonna just add to this mix that we are in crestone colorado and I don't know if you're familiar with that area, but actually it's a Mecca for exactly these people. That's why she went there to meet the other father God in the first place. Crestone yeah. is considered to be by all the hippies in all the world. Crestone is considered to be a place where quote, the veil is thin mm-hmm. and weird shit happens there all the time. It's, it's very high in meth. Um, it's they very say high. weird shit happens there all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- well, okay. People consider it to be a place where the veil is thin, but not only does that maybe make it like, maybe it's like a weird kind of magical space. I've been in those spaces. They uh, To me, they exist, certainly. But uh, it, so sure. it seems to be one of those places. But on top of that, then it draws all the kind of people who want to be in a place where, quote, the veil is thin, right? Mm. So like Crestone is, uh, we could go watch 10 other documentaries about weird shit that's happened in Crestone, for real. Like there's a whole sure. podcast about some missing hippie girl there. And mm-hmm. like, there's a whole lot of crime yeah, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So crazy that to say the cops aren't even this isn't like this is weird, but they're constantly inundated with weirdos telling them about UFOs over dead bodies. Like they're just like, yeah, we OK, great. That's <laughs> okay. true. Yeah. So they're they're so, done levels already pretty high in Crestone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just think that that's relevant to like this place in time is relevant to this, this whole scenario. So, okay. But we haven't even gotten past the first scene because it's so fucking upsetting. Um, And I will say my very first note that I wrote down wasn't even about any of this. I wrote, 
oh my God, the shitty, shitty hippie paintings. I can't live like yes, this. Yes. Yeah. They're overwhelming. They're, they're a little sickening. I ugh. can't handle the hippie core culture that I, is ugh. this group. It makes me feel upset because I always just see this and I'm like, well, obviously this is not an unpopular opinion, but it's always just like appropriation every time. Oh, oh it definitely is. But every time. That, look, I'm going to be maybe politically incorrect. I'm doing it. I'm diving in appropriation sucks and it's certainly the highest in this culture but what sucks i'm gonna say equally but more just in my brain mm. is just bad art yeah i think i can't I think the combination of both like truly this. makes the worst thing ever <laughs> uh because i hate when things i don't know like if something's just bad that's one thing but if something's bad and it's in like a theme group and people are very into it because they feel like it's good and aesthetic oh god it just makes it so much worse yeah i hate their environments i hate the way they're comfortable living for the most part that are sh- that's shown <sighs> on a lot of the footage there are parts of it that obviously are appealing in in abstract and in general but and they show that dome house for a minute, which I forgot the name of, but the one that's like a rock dome house that has all the yeah. scaffolding outside of it. That's actually a cool structure. I guess I'll give that a small shout out since I love a dome come up in this episode. Love a yeah. rock dome, but everything else super ugly, very rundown. There's not a lot of emphasis put towards cleanliness or organization. Um, a little bit goes in, you'll see and hear from other people, but it's not a top priority for the group. Yeah. So I'll say, um, you know, having lived in lots of lots of communes and people who are more suburban kind of people will come through and they often call us like a filthy summer camp is what we're often referred uh, compared to. Um, So I'm sympathetic to like communal living and the way that that looks different than other. But this place is full of clutter and trash. And just to to give you guys a description when you I mean, you see it on the footage all the way through, but that like there are little dwellings off campers and, and buses and shit all over the place. And they're all, that's fine. But then they're all badly painted with really bad art and they've scrawled, you know, you're the light love is one all over. Thing. Okay. That's fine. Again, like to be expected, but it's bad. The script is bad. I am guessing some of the spelling is wrong. And then when you go into the house, there's flashing Christmas lights everywhere, which would make your brain just blink out of this Ugh. universe. Mine, what, just to escape, I would stroke out to not have to be present in all the Christmas lights. But then there's just like layers and layers of clutter, seems to be trash, seems to be like f- not clean at a base level, which is different than kind of hippie not clean. Different than um, cluttered. Yeah. It's gross and then again just like shitty art on every surface that like because they're high all the time they're just like i make it pretty art but you're not you're tripping and it's terrible art it's terrible art and i need you to put the paintbrushes down put them down put them away actually just burn them you don't deserve them you fully lost your privilege i lived on a commune once and it had it was a sprawling place with also buses that people lived on in out in the woods and uh, some fucking asshole who lived there years before I did. I don't know if you, if, listen, if you listen to this podcast, I'm intentionally shaming you. Hang your head. They painted this flame headed yoga man on just every buses in the woods, the ceiling in my bedroom, fucking everywhere was this shitty flame headed yoga man. And I spent like five years slowly painting over every single one of them. Oh my God. 
Okay. Reclaiming the territory. I'm sorry. I that clearly, I had old trauma, and now I it's, think it was important. We just me. kind of worked through that for a moment. Thank you. It was just so. a couple moments, and maybe it'll help other people who feel the same. It seems like a very understandable space to be in. Thank ugly, you. ugly art. We have to agree. Um, now I just want to say something you've already said, but just at this point in the episode is where we're introduced to the fact that there are a lot of current followers. Um, yes. A lot of maybe is a dramatic thing to say, but we're introduced to several diehard followers who are giving mo- present day, who are giving quotes. Um, you can tell, I'm sure, you know, that we don't really need to go on too deeply about this, but you can tell that they're like, they're in really it. locked in. They're in it. Yeah. The language that they're using. Um, I, as someone that's very interested in rhetoric and tone mm-hmm. and like, and the way that they speak, they're locked in. Like these people believe what they're saying. Um, they yeah. are not faltering. They're using their keywords and their buzzwords. They're trying to yes. recruit with their, yeah. with the way that they're presenting their own stories in this true crime situation. And so mm-hmm. it's just like, I was impressed. I was not, not by, I was increasingly less impressed with them as I saw what it took to get them in. Um, but yeah. I was impressed by the resolve that they still have. One of them still is multiple of them are still living in love has won housing. Right. And with yes. other people and yeah. um, stuff like that. Some of them are still living in some of the original places. We won't get too ahead of ourselves, but some of the original places that the group had. So they're still locked in. Just wanted to call that out very specifically. They are. So let's, yeah, let's move forward in the narrative. Although I have to read you my last two notes just on walking into this place. A, I wrote, this is a cult for people who love cults. (laughs) (laughs) This is for people who are like, where can I join the nearest cult? That's right. Absolutely (laughs) this one. Now, how can I make this place look as culty as possible? Give me the acrylic paint. Pass me the brush. They went, I am going to cult the shit out of this place. Like these people were like, I would like to live in a cult. And I would like everybody who sees this to absolutely know that I do live in a cult. And then I also wrote so much Mod Podge. So much. I've never seen so much Mod Podge. And then later, as the true believer followers are showing you like their mom craft work, they're like, scrapbook of their goddess it is modge podge as modge podge and trump as far as the eye can see listen it's- to me when i tell you that my you guys can't see this but my eyes couldn't roll further back in my head than they felt the need to do naturally when jesse just mentioned the collage game in this group right? <laughs> collaging is That's very strong. important to them they are terrible at it. If you have a craft that's important to your religious belief, hone it. Hone it, friends. Don't make shittily composed facial galleries for no... We'll get into that. But and don't... Dear God, that's all. Dear Mother and don't, God. Don't bring it to HBO. Don't bring your, no. your Mod Podge creations to HBO. Make a new one if you're going to put it on national television. Would you at least make yourself a nicer looking? Ugh, I was offended too. And as someone that knows how to use Mod Podge, I have questions. Real serious questions. Uh, Yeah, no. Sorry, guys, but the mummify body, one thing. The art, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's our take on the first part of this episode. (laughs) Mummify body, bad. Hippie art, worse. Worse. I do. do, This is moving forward into the episode. So I want to make sure that was that your last two points? 
a hundred percent. My okay, last two perfect. points. And so now we go into, um, you go ahead. Where are you leading us forward? I am. I'm going yeah. to do something that's sort of like a mid ground point between the follower testimonies I was talking about that come after the footage. And then it's a reference to the mummified body actually. Cause one of the followers says in the interviews and citing their belief and everything, mm-hmm. she says her body was warm. The whole time that they're trans after mm. her death, she says it mm-hmm. never got cold. The body was warm the whole time. Okay. And she says it with conviction, right? I'm right. like, okay. I thought that was really interesting. I don't have that many comments to make about it. I do want to say one thing, which is that I don't know how long they had her wrapped in Christmas lights, but Christmas lights, they put on. Mm. Yeah. And I would assume that would keep a body warm to the touch if they were wrapped as tightly as they were wrapped around the corpse. That really makes sense. Um, That's speculation. I have no idea if they put those on before the cops walked in five minutes beforehand or not. Oh, no. Uh, I think they're all Christmas lights all the time. That was all the time there. And if that assumption is correct, then I have to say that I heard that and I was like, babe, were there Christmas lights attached at the time? And could that have explained it? Anyway, oh, I was like, babe, you're high and you've been high this whole time. She was probably high in the interview. I'm thinking that they're the type of people that are so good at being high that their eyes just look normal and they can converse pretty normally, but their yeah. heads are just an electric playground. You know what I yes. mean? Like inside. So yeah. I'm thinking these people probably weren't even straight when we were talking to them in the interview. No, I don't think Because so. the things they were saying. Wow, her body was warm. It never got cold. Just a small example of uh, well. The also, passion. you just you just believe what you decide to believe. I mean, this is the crux of cults. I join all, all the time. You know, you decide what you are going to believe, and you believe it. The Manson family all agree that they saw Charles Manson pick up a dead bird, breathe life mm. into it, and it flew out of his hands. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, and maybe the more drugs, did, the better. Maybe you're right. No, exactly. But it like, once easier. you decide it, once it's the lore, yeah, then it's irrelevant whether she's cold. It is it's irrelevant true. whether she's cold. It's true. And it's clear that, like I was saying, too, with the rhetoric thing, it's clear that they have their lines and stuff, right, that are yeah. established in the group that they say to each other that are like this, this back to you, you know, and I and that's that's a calling card for us. And I'm guessing also, that the body was one thing as part of it. Yeah, that's really gross. It does make me uncomfortable to know that you feel confident in that assessment. Um, but I do think they were touching them a lot. Ugh, yesterday, I got ground turkey at Target. And then I had to run another errand for like an hour. And I was like, that turkey has Ew. been in my car for an hour. I've got to get that into the fridge. I didn't grope it. No. Mm-hmm. No, I believe that. I believe that you didn't because you're not that type of person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, these these people are locked in. They say lots of things. That one really stood out to me. And I just wanted to bring up. I was like, mm, wow. OK, so pretty committed to the bit. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I got it. Very cool. Um, the yeah, she. She's wild. They spend a little bit of time then in the episode basically just being like this is what mother God was kind they give us like a little look into the future basically before they go back into the past of Amy Carlson. Uh-huh, with her yeah. mom. They get this little yeah. preview. That's kind of like, Oh my God, this things so are going to get crazy. Mm-hmm. Mostly through the interviews with the, with the current members. I don't have a ton of notes. I, I made the note as we've already said for all of the buildup when they're just presenting these little flashpoints, Amy seems really drugged up. She doesn't seem like in the little clips and videos that they're showing of her in her like YouTube recordings and stuff. She, you know, just the way that her face appears and the blinking and her processing speed and stuff like 
there's one where she's like clearly like trying to like close and end the live video she's doing and she's just like sitting on the screen kind of looking blankly at the screen after she's like it's it's pretty damning i'd have to say to the fact that she's not well at this time you know i i have a tendency to kind of loosely ascribe to the idea that all stories are true Mm -hmm. like um I think M. Night Shyamalan and I agree on that philosophy. Like any fairy tale, any allegory, any like any any story, her body was warm the whole time. I tend to believe that there's a kernel of truth in any story and that we can learn from it. Um, and so I'm just anytime t- somebody tells me their crazy story, I'm usually like really interested because I'm like, cool, where's the kernel of truth where I'll learn something in this? And um, so generally, even if a group is this wacky, now the bad art, I'd shut them all the way down. But if a group is this wacky, but they're like, she's our mother God, blah, blah, blah. I would generally be like, cool, I'll bet she is something special. Mm -hmm. I wonder what it is in her that's like this kernel that we can all like see the divine in. This is one of the few groups I've ever come across where I personally, who am really willing to suspend disbelief and enjoy other people's um, picture of divinity. This is one of the very few ones. I can't even think of another, but I'm sure there is one where I'm just like, this lady's gross and you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have she's to so agree. Fucked up the whole time. It, it's gross as fuck. Like she treats people badly. I don't like her, but I digress. Um, I that was my feeling because so the documentary goes from immediate footage of the corpse finding to interviews with her followers to make it clear. Yes, as Amron said, like, uh, this is where we're heading into crazy town. And these people continue to believe in her. And then we go back to like a, a brief history of Amy herself and that she was, you know, quote, normal growing up. She had three kids, which she fucking abandoned. She got mm-hmm. married and divorced several times. She managed a McDonald's. She was a fair student, all of those things. Um, and then one day, she, well, she starts to get really into the internet. This is kind of at the beginning of the internet, um, she gets really into like chat rooms. She's talking with a bunch of hippies. Was it her that was saying that she did ecstasy for the first time? And that was like the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And she saw yeah. that the world was lying to her. That yeah. again, yes. like, I, Amran, I don't know what your drug history is, but I certainly have tried ecstasy. Um, <laughs> I, uh, am a person who is, I was born an old lady and I'm a total control freak over my own body. So I, drugs aren't something I generally do. But having lived in communes for so long, I definitely wanted to know what other people were experiencing. And I thought it would be yeah. good for me to like kind of face my fears because drugs are scary to me because they're they are not control. They um, should be a little scary to you, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. scary to us all. <laughs> <laughs> so in in environments where I could really set up high control for myself, I have tried ecstasy and, and hallucinogens. And so yeah. I can tell you, absolutely. When people say they expand your mind, it actually feels physically like your mind is stretching. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And it's amazing. And it, uh, do we live in a quantum universe? Yes. Probably when you're on hallucinogens, are you seeing things from some other quantum level? I certainly see that yeah. way. They're amazing. And, and, I recommend the experience of them once or twice. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I get how it's a mind blower, but it's like, yo, girl, everybody has access to ecstasy and everybody thought the same thing the first time they did it. it. You didn't have an experience different than any other like stripper at the nearest club. And I say that again from full yeah with personal with, memory <laughs> like, you know, ex- like, yeah exactly it's not it's not um 
I'll say this, and then I we will get through this episode. Um, I have a friend. I'm going to say his name. His name is Philip Bly. He is a beautiful, brilliant, just God among men, in my opinion. And he was a playwright back in the day when I lived on the East Coast. And he wrote this great play about uh, people following fish. So it was uh, a lot of drugs involved, a lot of hallucinogens. And he wrote a line that I've quoted a million times in the play. He said, drugs are the handguns of enlightenment. And what he meant by that is that uh, in in the world of uh, killing people, you for centuries had to train under your, you know, Tai Chi master or your whatever master. You had to train for 20 years how to not kill someone before you learned how to kill someone, because mm-hmm. it's no joke to take someone else's life and you don't do it lightly and you don't just go out to be a warrior. You had to learn yourself for years before you could learn beyond and move into the consideration of taking another person's life. But a handgun is immediate and requires no thought and and takes you to the final step without the journey to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You are now at a higher level, the the point of taking another life than than you should be having not gone through years of self-exploration and training to get there. So drugs are the handguns of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Phil, you're a genius. I know you're a successful doctor now, but you're it's, a great it's artist. It's a beautiful thing. That's really well said. And it's <laughs> um, weirdly like it's like exactly what I was going to say in response yeah. to what you were saying weirdly the quote that came right to my own mind natural i'm kidding um but <laughs> i was when you were talking this is what i was going to say is that someone with more training in spirituality in any of the directions that mm-hmm. amy is choosing to look and steal from i'm sorry um yes. it's she's not being very creative we've seen white women in cults do it before yes um, she's definitely picking and choosing from other well-established groups that's why some of the things they yeah. do work because uh, yeah. they're not hers uh, right. <laughs> They're age, age old, tried a lot of new age stuff, but they're tried and true methods. Yeah. Um, but a real practitioner of spirituality or faith would never do some of the things that Amy does. And that's because right. exactly as you're saying about a martial arts master, for instance, who has to learn um, all of this work so that they can be in a space where they don't need to use any of the skills that they prepared for. Right. Exactly. That's the whole purpose and idea is to not need to do those things. And, and drugs will like zoom you right up to the face of God and you didn't take the journey to get there. So you don't have the skills to do anything with what you're seeing. Exactly. And Additionally, like if she had any sort, any sort of exposure at all to the genuine heart of that community, she would never attempt to practice, especially not lead immediately as she does. You would never see a person that took spiritual leadership seriously do that. And that I I really wanted to call out in this episode because that is what shows us that this is a selfish manipulative track versus someone that's trying to help these people reach divination or like their higher calling. She can sometimes seem that way, but she's not because she has literally not proved out any of these things for the sake of her followers. Not any of them. She's just said to them over and over again because I said so because I'm so beautiful and wise because I'm literally a goddess right and that is not spiritual leadership that is manipulation and gaslighting and that's why I also yeah no a hundred percent and that's why I also say this is a cult for people who love love cults yeah they're like 
any one of them could be the mother God, but like she picked herself and they were all like, cool. I just want to call somebody mother God and force everybody else to call me moon shadow. Oh my God. We have to put a pin in the fact that, that she is the only one that gets to be mother God. I, my next, my like next set of notes is about, is about the father, the beginning of the father God discussion. Cause I have Same. some comments. I love father God. Go. I love, but, but okay, let me so say guys, one thing first before the yeah. father God thing. And that is about her history because yeah. I lo- I wrote down, am I learning here that Amy Carlson learned most of her manipulative powers from McDonald's staff training? So funny. Thanks. I didn't write that down. I wanted to just take one <laughs> second before we move on to the wonder of father gods to say, what the hell? That That's was real, so guys. funny. That's real. Amy Carlson's first job was working mm-hmm. at McDonald's. It was very formative. She was very good at it because she's a people person naturally yes. and she's charismatic. People like to talk and listen to her. Um, she's like Jesse and I, this is why we have a podcast, in that she can kind of like talk extemporaneously naturally, right? Except it's, she mostly says some dumb shit. She's not very educated. It's but true. Yes. I think if I was as effed up as she was i probably would sound less educated to be fair but she i don't Maybe, know I don't i'm know. pretty educated it may be hard to shake it off of me i'm not sure we'd have to ask my friends who are around me sometimes when i'm inebriated if i um, get less I intelligent talked to you immediately <laughs> after an extreme head injury and oh, you, did. <laughs> you were not telling me how like deeply amazed you were at like you know that like caterpillars transform into butterflies i'm just on that journey right now that growth <laughs> chrysalis journey, Jesse. Um, you may no. not have noticed, but it's amazing. It's so beautiful and transformative. Um, anyway, that's exactly what I would sound like if I was in the Amy Carlson move. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to call out that it seems like, according to her mom, and also it just like it seems true lore. Um, this woman began her evil uprising at mcdonald's so if that doesn't tell you that capitalism and corporate greed is ruining this country <laughs> i don't know what they're literally pumping out coal leaders i'm kidding but funny but you're not though because it did it did like sh- we're not surmising this she voiced this to she- her mother she was like and so i'm learning to really manipulate people and i'm she gonna did. climb these ranks <laughs> she literally did and then her mom was like well, then she just lost interest in that for some reason i was really surprised and i yeah. was like were you listening to your daughter for content <laughs> as we talked about uh, at the beginning of this episode? Because I'm kind of like, babe, it seems like you started paying attention to what she was saying a little too late because right. I don't think she was saying normal shit at home from the sounds. No, of it. because her family did say like, yeah, she started being online 100% of the time on chat groups talking about like aliens and dolphins. Yes. And in groups, this is the perfect segue, actually, that you've provided down to the Father God thing in groups That's like where lightwork.com where mm-hmm. she meets father god one if you will Mm -hmm. um who is my favorite father god Um, i love i'll go ahead and say it the bearded father god numero uno he is number number one in my heart um he seems like a legit dude this man tell me your take on him well i hate visualizing the fact that they had sex that really bothers me but disturbing um, I don't like it. I just don't like that she met him on the internet and like two weeks later, she just drove out there and started like stripping this guy and, and decided that they were mother and father God. It grosses me out. But it's gross. that said, father God. So again, when we covered this, we didn't get hardly any information on father because it really wasn't about him. He was just like, a you know, stop in the night, ships yeah. in the night. Um, and we got the impression that he was a patriarchal guy who said, I'm father God, you're a mother God. And then she like took off and, and like took the idea. 
In fact, he's nope. a really chill, lovely hippie dude who's like, yeah. And so I was like, well, I'm father God and you're mother God because like all men are father God and all women are mother God. And like, we're all part of God, obviously. And he was like, but yeah, but then she just like really went with it. <laughs> he literally says like, and you can see it in his eyes. I recommend you just watch this part of the documentary, if no other part, because it's this genuinely so human and interesting Yeah, when he is just sharing, like I was just on like my spiritual path. And she took it very seriously. Like, I realized she thought she was one and done. Like, there was no one else like her. And, yeah, that's exactly what happens from the look of it. Like, she kind of loses it when they're doing drugs from all appearances um, at this time and fully connects with this concept that she is divine in a way that other people are not. But interestingly, Father God isn't in the same way he no. is, like clearly they especially not the first one right who she really never talks about again um yeah. he's kind of a stepping stone like if you're literally truly this is her this is yeah the case if you're sleeping with her then you're father god and if you're not then you're not exactly which i think that was the thing that i got all excited about whenever you were saying that there is just the one mother god um is that I just, I'm just like, how did the, how did she justify this to people? Like, I understand they were, these are people that want to be in a cult and they love, they love her. They're, they're in to serve her. But this one is, this one is tough for me to wrap my head around with so many women in the group. Like it's a lot of women in the group eventually. And there's a good amount of men. And then there's these father gods who are just men who are getting favor bestowed on her or getting her favor bestowed on them, usually sexually. Um, but Mother God is not a title that's up for anybody else no. to encounter ever, which I find very interesting considering the fact that those titles are literally just inverses of each other. Right, right. I don't, I don't know. I mean, perhaps we'd in fact have to be there to know how this dynamic lays down so harshly that nobody else gets to be Mother God. But like, she's a nasty cunt. Like, she is. I don't, like, I don't think you, I mean, for sure. I Here's, you know what? We know the answer. If someone whispered sideways to themselves in a different room alone, that maybe they might also be Mother God, she'd either have them kicked out that night or maybe try to kill them. This is not in the, yeah. well, I haven't watched the rest of the documentary, but it's not in the first part. So tell me if it shows up later, but there are people that they like left naked in the desert to die. Who in fact did almost die. In fact, didn't mm-hmm. one person actually die? I think someone did die actually. Yeah. yeah. Like, they did leave people. They intentionally set people up to die in the wilderness. If they yeah, just she like was them. not a very low key person. Um, she, and her ego was just like insane. Like I know we yeah. have talked about this in the previous episode and this one, but like, or I'm sorry, the previous, the first episode where we ever even discussed the group. Mm-hmm. But I do want to call it because we didn't really talk about it. If you if you didn't listen to that first episode, this lady, they, they previewed this earlier in the episode. She thought she was like every big hot woman that ever existed historically. If you don't know this, she thought she was like Cleopatra, Joan of Arc, Marilyn Monroe, um, all of these other people. She really believed that she was just like every good f- sexy female thing that you could be that you would like put dibs on if you were three years old as a child that's too young right eight years old and you're like playing characters with your friends all those girls and it's a long handwritten list she was all of them that's and that and i say this because it's like the greed that's what i'm saying like yeah 
it's she has to have it all it has to be yeah. all of the guys she wants whenever she wants them it has to be all of the loyal pretty followers it has to be all of the cool sexy historical women it has to be right. all and of the then, title of mother god i don't know if you saw on the modge podge art but uh robin williams is no i'm sorry um but, 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 but elvis is her son with trump Yes, Elvis is her son with Trump, but Trump is also her father. I don't know. Yeah, the math is very confusing. The math is really disturbing. Um, But I'm not good at math, but this is drugs math. This is drugs math. Yeah, this isn't girl math. This is Colton or drug (laughs) math. Um, It's really disturbing. But to briefly circle back to Father God, I just want to say that, yeah, he seems way more legit than I expected him to. He's so nice and he's so chill. And he wasn't even bothered when she moved on. He seemed a little relieved. He did seem relieved. He genuinely yeah. seems relieved when he talks about it. And because his concept the whole time was that we're all Father God and Mother God, right? Yeah, which I can totally get down with. Which I'm, I, I actually believe. Yeah, where are yeah. you at? Where are you at now, sir? Um, yeah, I I totally get that. I actually feel obviously they're both using each other. If you see when you see their sure. wedding footage, you see that she's very young. Um, there's this yes. massive age gap. It's concerning, as you kind of pointed to. That she's being like thirty, said, and he's like sixty. Yeah, it's a huge age gap. It's very yeah. hard to see, um, just like represented because it doesn't seem balanced. However, she's definitely taking advantage of him. Um, they oh, kind yeah. of gloss over this, but he says he feels like she got a lot of her stuff from him that she yes. goes on to parrot the spiritual stuff. And it seems yes. like she does. It genuinely seems like this guy basically operates as like a spiritual guru for this girl as mm-hmm. her father, God husband. And she just absorbs as much of his years his lifetime of wisdom it seems (laughs) um she absorbs i'm kidding because 60 isn't that old but he looks very old um she's absorbing his ancient energy um and but sorry father god yeah sorry father god i'm i'm teasing you lightly to be fair the other guys were quite a bit younger so that doesn't help that doesn't help either the contrast is really tough and you're the one that went on the interview for the documentary so (laughs) think about that next time father god could have run a comb through your hair could have done exactly. it. Um, so I think she's using him. Of course, I feel like the same is going on for him. But I feel like maybe it may be disproportionate that she is using him um, the uh-huh, most. In this. Yeah. And then she kind of, which is interesting. You don't usually see that. It's speculation. Um, and then, yeah, she kind of moves on um, and, and decides to go on to be a bigger, badder cult leader. I do have one thing I want to say that's not that important that I wrote down. And I, I, it's just that it's always you up, never we must be together in the physical <laughs> because that is a message that they show father God has sent Amy on their web forum, lightworkers.com that they're a part of. And it killed me when I saw we must be together in the physical. I was just like, that is the perk of dating an older man, right? yeah. that, a man that talks to you like that, right? You're not going to get that on one of these 21 year old chumps out here. No way. No, how solid, solid. So, okay. So she, she bumps into father God. She sucks his life energy right out of him. <laughs> she moves on with her. Next he leaves him alive. God. Yep. He, he was happy and chill about the whole thing. He was like, yeah, I slept with this young hot girl for a minute. She was batshit crazy. Yep. She found another father God and went on her way. It's been an interesting show from here for me. So that's basically his take on it. And it's, it is funny because like, you know, he gave her the mother and father God thing. And then she, he watched her be like, and now I'm the only mother God. And now it's just me. And he was just bemused and like, huh, I didn't mean it like that, but okay. It's hilarious. He's just like, I guess he's very like, 
he is very like spiritual master about it, which I'm not saying yeah. he is actually a spiritual master, but his reaction is very much to that way. He's just yeah. like, well, it is what it is. And she, <laughs> right. she got the knowledge and she took it a totally different direction than I was taking it. So <laughs> right. I guess that's her deal. Like I can't judge <laughs> right. that. I'm also not going to be a part of it. You know, like I just have so much respect for the way that he is just like seemingly unchanged by this yeah, absolute tornado of a person just blowing through his life. And he's just like, <laughs> whatever and it's weird because it seems like i don't want to get ahead of myself but it seems like a lot of the father gods are like that which i think is funny and i think we should just sort of like pen as a concept because i'm like That's what a true. weird thing to have in your past um yeah so then we go on to the succession of other father gods there's michael there's um uh, I don't michael isn't father name. god is he mike is oh, just oh, an, no, archangel. No, he's an archangel yeah um, no so the father then... gods are just that one guy who is not passionate about her i don't know their names they don't they only and, say them i wrote briefly. down andrew Andrew okay. is the one. So Andrew is like a young kid who she pulls in, who's That's just him, like, yeah. again, doing a shit ton of drugs. And then she ODs him on mushrooms, tells him he's special, and then sleeps with him. And he even says, yeah, because now there's a big age gap here. He's probably 18 or 19. He's young. And she is in her lower to mid 30s at this time. And and he says, I wasn't attracted to her, but I was like, yeah, I mean, okay. Like, so that, that made seems me physically like, recoil. Yeah, I like, yeah, I, I totally like, I'm not, I'm not trying to like contrast what you were saying in any way, but no, I, just I agree. Call out like when mm-hmm. he said that, I literally, like, he says it very lightly in the episode, but yeah. I don't take that lightly at no, all. No, it's upsetting. Um, I agree. It's, I definitely, to me, that sounds like coercion. I mean, that is coercion. Um, it oh, sounds yes. like it could be a lot worse. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know um not to be super dark but i was i was just like oh this is a kid that was being taken advantage of that's 100 percent. that's what was um, happening that being said he has a pretty positive retrospective look on yes. it um which is which is kind of what i was referenced so another thing that i was referencing as i'm sure you know um he feels pretty good about it he even says like that she I don't know that he like did that, that he loved her after he, he says like that they're together for like a year. He's not attracted to her. Um, and then he actually is starting to develop feelings for her and, and, and she kind of gets him looped in and he falls in love with her a little bit. Um, you love a person you sleep with for a year when you're 20 years old. It's so fair. I was literally, yeah, I was literally going to say, I don't think we can trust that because he's so young. Um, yeah. he's definitely being taken advantage of too seriously for us to rely on his impression of it. Um, but they are together for a little bit. Um, it seems like this is a pretty chill time. And this guy seems like a really nice, wholehearted person. Um, yeah. because He also the- says she's profoundly lazy. I love that take from him. I love that he <laughs> won't have anything to do with the fact that this is a money-making scheme. As he's a part, it's like developing into a money-making thing. And that's because of Archangel Michael. Yeah, um, he's the money guy. And I think we may be a little ahead of ourselves episode-wise, but I still no, think... We're getting into no, that. we're pretty much exactly there. Yeah. Mike comes in pretty much around this time of the documentary. is introduced to someone that comes in and, and adding to the corruption um, in Mike terms... Mike comes in from Brooklyn, and he immediately is the money guy, and he's immediately considered to be Archangel Michael. He believes that she's cured his cancer for whatever reason mm-hmm. um, that they never tell us. And uh, so he, he, is, he sees this as a way to make a living. And he jumps into that with both feet. And so he is always handling the money. He is always building up the website. Um, And this little father God guy happens to have a shit ton of experience in advertising Mm -hmm. and in um, 
what was the beginnings of social media back then. So, um, so surprise, he's father God for a year, but you know why he stopped being father God A another hot guy came along, but B he never got on the train. Like when Michael, so he, so now we have the dueling two men in this group because Michael is going, your mother, God, your mother, God, make another thousand videos. And this other kid who did care about her was saying, Hey, have you considered you're not a goddess, but in fact, you're an alcoholic and a drug addict. Exactly. He said Mm -hmm. in private, sometimes she would be like, yeah, I see that. But then Michael would be like, he's crazy. You're a goddess. What's because he was the money guy. And Mm -hmm. so this was an interesting tug of war in the beginning in which she could sometimes see like, hang on, this is a crazy train. I'm having a moment of lucidity. And this kid is trying to help her see that. So he was never like, I think he was like, oh, sure, we'll take these titles. Yeah, I like this scene. I like doing drugs, yeah. whatever. But but he was like in private, like, hey, this isn't a real thing, right? We're all on the same page. This isn't real. And exactly. Michael was like, no, you're a goddess. By the way, if you have to tell your cult leader that they're a goddess, red flag. Yeah, if you it's have to concerning. Remind them. Yeah, Mike is definitely, he is the, like, one of the dark underbelly components of Love Has One. He's definitely a force for the negative. I did write this down as sort of like a bright line point, which I feel like comes in a lot of cults, where there's, like, there's the opportunity for things to disband here um, and go a safer, better route where Amy Carlson gets help um, and doesn't have to die tragically young. Um but that isn't what happens. Um, but that is what Andrew literally is just a human being here and is looking around and seeing things and is going, oh, my God, I think that there is some serious alcoholism and drug use going on and maybe this is going too far. And yeah, yeah even though he doesn't seem to be just like kicked out for this this at first there's mm-hmm. a huge dissonance dissonance between mike and him it gets complicated and he's basically sort of like edged out until he's totally just yeah. done and he and i think he ultimately is the one that leaves of his own volition is what he says yeah i'm not yeah. sure but it's definitely one of those things where it's like there's this a lot working out it. right like it's yeah. not like he was just independently making that decision i'm sure that it was a little pressured so then yeah so then we don't have to hear about father god for a minute once we stop having to hear about andrew um he seems like a very genuine young person who got taken advantage of similarly to the first father god except for i don't think he had the experience or the resolve or anything for it to not affect affect him as much as it affected you know yeah i'll tell you the the most upsetting part that i so so now we're in the section of the documentary where we're kind of seeing the push pull of these two men against each other as this group is kind of gelling as a cult with her as the leader and the whole time you also see footage of more and more people coming because they're basically going just like they're talking to all these people online this is at a time I believe this is pre, certainly pre-Facebook, but I believe it's maybe even pre-MySpace. So internet communication is mostly through chat rooms. Um, and so they are just in there like talking about like, basically their world looks like Lisa Frank, right? Like mm-hmm. just, it's all rainbows and dolphins and there's a whole lot of UFOs going on. And anybody that's into it, they're like, get out here, come on out, go like, come live with us. And so there's kind of, we see in between the narrations of these two dueling male leaders underneath mother God, who's getting more and more propped up as the leader um, or who's propping herself up. um, 
you see kind of footage of the influx of these people coming in and coming in and, you know, like new people. Oh, hi. Nice to meet you. Come on in. Oh, another group. Hi. Nice to meet you. Come on in. And they're like all piling into this house to live together and they're doing drugs, 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 drugs. It's Mm -hmm. just drugs. It is massive drugs, just nothing. And I, was it, I don't remember which follower said it, but one of them said she was high from morning to night. Every She was never not actively taking in more drugs. Never. Yeah. I don't remember which follower that was either. But yeah, that's definitely a thing that they say that, she, yeah, she's fully drugged up at all times, unfortunately. Um, yeah. They or drunk. Um, they say one of her followers says um that mother God liked to use her tools. And then she says alcohol and marijuana. And that's all she says. Um, I was surprised by that when she said her tools, I didn't think she, I wasn't surprised she included those two in there. I was surprised that she was comfortable with that being the list. Um, I think that anyone could agree that while alcohol and marijuana are not just the devil, um, they are not, in and of themselves without any other tempering good good just pure good you know like so to say these are the tools period that's surprising like if you said her tools are meditation crystals alcohol marijuana uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Sundays with no clothes on. I like then I would be like, okay, so she's got a variety of things she does. But yeah, when there's you a regiment. Tell me substances. I'm like, what do you? What do you mean? That's bizarre. I've never. Well, and I'm sorry, but spoiler alert: the ultimate end to having two tools and them being d- both drugs is that you're a blue tinted corpse, mummified corpse. Yeah, unfortunately, in your thirties. And yeah, you're just wild. Like you, and and it's just I don't know. It's depressing. Like there's this. It's you could be funny. There's this little clip in this time of the documentary that could be funny, but it's like they're it's Mother God filming the sky. She's filming clouds, and she's talking about because it's Crestone. They're talking about UFOs. Yeah, and she's saying like, look at all these cloaked cloud ships. Like red oh cloaked. gosh, and it's literally just clouds. Like what I'm telling yeah. you. They don't even look like interesting. I've seen some weird looking clouds that I could absolutely convince were UFOs given enough time and no drugs. However, (laughs) I'm an active imagination kind of gal. However, these were just clouds. Like there was nothing ship looking about them. They just look like your average cloud to me. And she was just panning around and and saying, it's so amazing to know that there's beings inside of there, you know, like and all this stuff. And it's just so evident that she's out of her mind gone you know and that's just like it's funny in a way but it's also just like really disturbing so i I throw that out for also to me in a way it's uninteresting like i've been around enough fucked up hippies that like sit around and say this shit and i'm like i'm so bored by you i don't see a ship in the sky i'm gonna go clean the kitchen (laughs) like yeah so boring i don't want to watch you hallucinate yeah and that's part of the reason that and this is mean so please followers don't judge me too harshly for this but this is partially why i feel like while this is a cult for people who just want to join a cult um this is not a cult for smart people no um this is not a cult for smart people there are cults for smart people we have talked about them this is not those nope. they have no clear practices no clear structures the most consistent structure is substance abuse um they are 
hearing the followers talk about it, it's clear that there are no systems in place. Um, one of the followers is trying to figure out how she can get closer to Mother God. So she just starts cleaning the house. Yeah. Prompted. Um, and that works. This type of manipulative control works, but that's not structured. And that's not like none of those things are practices. Like you never really see any of that. You see one practice early in the footage where there is like there are two people standing facing each other and one of them is crying and saying like no one cares and the other one is oh, like crying yeah. empathetically. That seemed like a legitimate practice. Uh I don't know what it was, but that seemed like they were doing something. That's the only time in the entire first episode of the documentary that I see anything that looks like it's some type of constructive emotional or psychological or spiritual work the rest of it just looks like arts and crafts poor and drug use severe yeah that you i mean that's that should have been the ad for their group um (laughs) uh, last thing about this section where where it's 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 footage of everybody coming in and like doing a shit ton of drugs and then um these two like father gods kind of battling it out one of them's an archangel sorry a father god and an archangel um there there are several clips during this time of that current Andrew Father God with um, Mother God doing they they do just constant online video chats. Yeah. This is how they recruit, and so there's shit tons of of footage of them doing that. Um, and it's like him and her, and she's like doing her crazy, just ah, here's what I drunkenly think about aliens and sky yes. people. And he's kind of sitting next to her, like looking, I think, mildly embarrassed, but. Then there is she. I can't, Amarin. Do you have this? Do you remember this? She has like a crown on her head, but the crown is it like a hippie necklace that she's just stuck on the top of her head instead of mm-hmm. wearing it as a necklace. That's There's right. just a necklace on her head. She's just wearing and a necklace on her head. It's I can't with this woman. It's the dumbest. It's just such a like if I saw it in a if I saw it on a Saturday Night Live skit about a cult, I'd be offended. I would be like, nobody does that. That's so fucking stupid. That's ridiculous. We know the difference between head jewelry and neck jewelry. Okay, that's thank you. Except uh, not if we're Amy Carlson. In that case, we don't know the difference. She has a necklace on her head. She has a necklace on her head. She's genuinely. I will say embarrassing is a good word. I am not trying to be cruel, but some of the stuff we see out of her in this sequence where the followers are, I don't know, the rest of the episode is sort of talking about the, there's like a big influx of followers that happens that you were talking about where people, and by influx of followers, I actually mean people coming to physically be present with her because there are people communing with them online. Right. um, And these people were communing with them online and now they're making the journey to come be with them in the physical as father God said so eloquently. Um, So yeah, we're kind of in this space where lots of people are coming in and we're kind of getting some, some closing facts and also um, now it's cult time and money making time. Now they've amassed their people. Things yeah, are on fire. So- it's not. It's not good. It's. It's a pretty big mess. I do want to call out one follower because I hate her. I'm so okay. sorry. I liked most of the followers just fine. The blubbering woman. I cannot. The woman with but- children who is crying oh, yeah. on. And just remember that I feel this way as we move through these episodes. But oh, yeah. that woman drives me insane. I find unnecessary emotion a lot anyway. But the way that that woman yeah. 
cries and like talks about things on screen and the way that she acts in the found in the footage when she comes in to the group for the first time and she's like so happy to be there I appreciate that. I understand. Um, But there is just something about this broad that absolutely I cannot with. She drives me berserk. And I just wanted to call that out. I find her unpleasant, too. Um, She's extremely performative in her adoration of Mm -hmm. the cult leader. I will say... um, so audience who we're talking. So now, now we're kind of like, again, we're looking at footage of each new person or group of people coming into the house and the house kind of enveloping them in their first moments there. Right. So this woman comes in, she's got like what, three kids. She's got four kids. Yeah. Four kids. Um, And she is quite blubbery. Oh, I can't believe I'm here. The goddess. And blah, 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 blah. And there's a lot of crying and a lot of like overplaying of the emotion my first thought as a parent was feeling quite judgy that she would bring her four children into this space. I thought Same. I felt really not happy with her about that. And my second thought is what I pretty much always think when I see people joining cults like this, which is this person was looking for a commune and this is the group they found. Uh, and it was that like unfortunate for them, right? Like seems mm-hmm. to me a woman who's bringing her four kids with no preparation, like, look, people who like legitimately want to live in community, spend a year traveling to communities and and checking mm-hmm. them out and, and corresponding first and asking all their questions and trying to decide what's going to be best for them and their families. So oh, when yeah. you show up on the doorstep with your four children of a group that basically is f- clear that they are a cult, yeah. uh, you are there because you're desperate. You've done no research. You've you've thought nothing about what this group may or may not be like for your children. You're just you're just flying by the seat of your pants. So Certainly. when she comes in, to me, the weeping is really like, oh, I was going to be living in my car, and now I have this place to live. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about her weeping in the current interviews, not when oh, she yeah. comes in. No, I, I, I totally understand like just the emotional reaction of showing up in the place and just being like, uh, and I and I appreciate the perspective because that you that you've mentioned because that's Sorry. so true. No, yeah. no, and it's still a really valid and fair point to say, like, this person seems unhinged. They probably are. Uh I life has is, probably yeah. not been kind to her, you know? Yeah. Or she hasn't been kind to life. I don't know. You know, like sure. sometimes pretty ladies do get the benefit of the doubt on that. So I <laughs> I will temper it and say, I don't know, but there's a good chance that life has been real unkind to her and this sure. is the closest that she can get. But I think the bringing of children is the thing that set her apart for me from the other younger like followers yeah. who are just kind of like, whatever. Because you do see those children sitting on the floor um, in the background of some of the clips where there is a lot of drug use and stuff going on. And you do worry to yourself that something bad could happen to those kids. And those um, people, I don't know what they're smoking, but I know what it looks like to smoke pot. And they're not always smoking pot. I got to be very real with you. Yeah. Some of those pipes, those are not pot pipes. Um, yeah. They are for way more serious stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah. while they try to keep that pretty censored and left out of the show, it's not the point of what they're talking about. Um, it's still pretty evident. There are also times when Amy will have multiple things with her to smoke, multiple yes. pipes. That's yeah. an important time to pay attention to what those types of things look like because <laughs> yeah, you yeah. don't just smoke pot out of your three favorite pot pipes at the those same are different time. pipes. They smoke different things if she's holding yeah. multiple of them. Usually, I don't know. Maybe she just needs to smoke three pipes at once. She is Mother God. Um, who are we? Who are we to say? But 
Um, I do want to say one thing about Mother Gob and everybody's joining here at this point, and it's that she's already looking pretty unhealthy. Oh, um, she is. My she actual, looks bad. Yeah, my actual note was that she looks bad. Um, and what I mean by that, yeah, is that she is looking very unhealthy at this time already. Yeah. Um, that's definitely just the alcoholism and the not <sighs> eating because Ugh. she does not eat very much. Um, right. She, we just know that about her already as people that know about love is one, one of the ways – listeners if you don't know this one of the reasons that she died they know is to have been anorexia um, which they say in the beginning so um she's not eating she's drinking a lot i don't know how the drugs are affecting her because we don't really know what drugs she's doing but she is going from being what was a very pretty young woman you know i would definitely say um you know her mom talks about the fact she was a little chubbier in high school still a very pretty young woman um, and then she gets into a real baddie era, which is like what the cover photo is for the show and stuff where she's blonde and she's thin and she's clearly very traditionally attractive and the people are eating it up. And what we see here when these people are joining is a far cry from what she looked like young and healthy. Um, and she is still very young at this time. I'm not yeah. sure how old she would be, but she's still in her 30s at the lower time 30s, lower yeah. 30s when they're coming in. Her face is all puffy. Um, she probably looks about 50. I don't know what you would say, but to me, she looks more like 50. And she sounds like an addict. She does. Like kind of the way I sound right now because I'm sick, but when Mm -hmm. you're an addict, you start to have this, this sound to your voice. And she talks like this a lot. Um, she sounds like an, an addict. She looks like an addict. She looks like when I was a homeless teenager and staying with adult addicts who would let me stay at their places, that's exactly Mm -hmm. who she looks and feels like. Yeah. And she's also showing signs of being massively dysregulated and mentally unstable um, that they are writing up to her being Mother God, um, which is right. a very tragic and sad part of this, I would say, because, wow, tragic and sad, Amron, that's big. Um, but it is very, very upsetting um, because she is I'm I'm right now talking about like the people and energy thing where she's, she's like mean. breaking down um, yeah. and sobbing when people are coming into the house or like screaming and yelling and smashing around, uh, which the followers both take the abuse and don't adequately support her in these spaces. It seems like, yeah, because they decide that this is a means by which she is processing other people's energies as a divine being. And because so many new bodies are coming in, the energy is overwhelming. That is not an uncommon belief again that's just something she stole from someone um i believe the belief i do think you can get as an empathetic person overloaded with energy you may be in the oh, same yeah, boat Jesse. i've oh, seen yeah, people break true. down crying because there are too many energies i For don't sure. think that's what, what was going on here basically is what i want to say I, I definitely think that's real this just felt like a woman that was on a lot of drugs unable to keep up with the situation unable to track in real time and process panicking um yeah going into fits of panic because she's not stable. That's what this looked like. Um, She's also screaming and getting angry. Concerning. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. Plus, you know, half the time she has that fucking necklace on her head. So that (laughs) That can't can't be help. (laughs) (laughs) That's got to be a problem for her. I Um, have to agree. (laughs) So now, so now we're kind of wrapping up uh, episode one. Now we get into, they've, they've basically gelled as a cult. They're all there. Uh, They've got their extended followers and their core group who's, you know, into living together. They're all starving together. They're all because she doesn't let them eat unless she's eating. And as we mentioned, she is anorexic. So 
nobody's eating very much. Everybody's <laughs> fucked up most of the time. Um, and now this requires a lot of money. So they get their online sales going. They're selling like uh, esoteric healing. They're selling crystals. Um, <laughs> crystals, just like a bunch of like random, like hippie shit. And then they're also selling, what is it? Amarin. It's in liquid form. Oh God. Colloidal silver. They're selling colloidal silver, which is a dark dark shadow over the rest of this series when they introduce this um they also are colloidal silver and and pumping it out too well they're pumping it out because they're making it in their kitchen which is yeah. fucking disgusting Ew, so, just to be clear yeah <laughs> which so i have again I, we all know i've lived in lots of communes listen Every hippie everywhere loves them some colloidal silver. I remember being very angry. I, I, we have both drank our weight in colloidal silver, I assume. Right? Yes, that that's way. correct. Yeah. I also grew up on colloidal silver. <laughs> so um, it does have its benefits. Um, it's really nice for uh, wounds. Um, and so I, I had it for a tooth abscess that I had. Um, mm -hmm. And then someone else on our farm, a, a tiny dropper bottle of colloidal silver costs $30 at the health food store. Very expensive. So, um, I, I had it for uh, my mouth and then another person on the farm had, and you just put a couple drops there, right? Like you can yeah, really ration Very minimal. Um, and another person on the farm had a tooth thing. And so I said, oh, you can use my colloidal silver. He fucking drank the bottle. And I was like, you son of a bitch. So I gasped so loudly. Is he okay? I don't fucking mm -hmm. care. He drank my $30 bottle of colloidal silver. I was well, yeah, made $60 a month. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, my god that's terrifying i would be mad too but that's you know that's just an iou assuming this man is okay <laughs> who knows his name was baba bruce hi baba oh, bruce hi baba which, hope you're alive yeah no, and not no, stealing anyone's not, colloidal silver yeah honestly he was like oh yeah sorry i drank it like you drank it <laughs> it's outrageous it's a tincture some homers um, and some behavior it is but that is to say like hippies fucking love colloidal silver so a, what they're peddling is yet again, like just nothing new in any way, extremely available already. I, I'm surprised they made so many sales with it because mm. it's it's quite available even back then. But all that to say, having lived in lots of communes, because it's expensive and everybody loves it, people are always making their own colloidal silver. And it is shifty and unregulated. It is. Yeah. You d it's you're talking about a heavy metal. Yeah, it's a so for people that don't know, colloidal silver is lit literally contains silver. Silver, um, yeah. Literally, that's not that's not sort of a joke. It's real. Colloidal silver is a suspension of of silver particles. Um, it, they make it by mixing silver, sodium hydroxide, and gelatin together. Um, and it is, yeah, you can use it like, um, and then it's in, like in a suspension of distilled water. Yeah, they, they and, then, and it gets suspended. And people are usually drinking the silver particle suspension. That's what you're yeah. trying to get with colloidal silver. Um, so if you're not familiar, that's what it is. And if now that I've explained that to you, I think I don't have to tell the listeners why it's dangerous, as you're saying, <laughs> to make that at home. Um, because this is not like a – because like when I was growing up, my mom and I would make like, like herb baths at home. Uh -huh, that sure. you can do. That's yeah. fine. Some yeah. rose hip, a little basil. Yeah. That's Echinacea. fine. Yeah. I'll tell you what's not okay. <laughs> Making colloidal silver in your kitchen. They briefly show us a picture, a shot of their production station. Clearly not a safe place to buy colloidal silver from. Let Filthy. Me just say it. First of all, I Filthy. would need off the plate there. 
it's not. It's just sort of looks like they're making. I don't know. This is a very obscure reference, but it looks like in Lilo and Stitch when Nani comes back home and they just have a bunch of pots on the stove and they're bubbling on fire. (laughs) That is literally what it looks like. It is. Um, it's horrifying. So this does freak me out a lot. I don't think there's anything wrong with colloidal silver myself, as I've as we've just talked about. I have probably used it topically in ways that would make people scream. Um, me too. Me too. And that's okay. I I'm just not going to tell them. I've done a tooth abscess. Well, I yeah, the mouth. Yeah, I've done worse than tooth, so I yeah. won't tell you. But, um, but so I don't think that alone is bad. But the un, I, I think it's really important that they're making their own colloidal silver because that is the colloidal silver that Amy Carlson is drinking, um, and that is also another contributing factor in her demise. Unfortunately, colloidal silver in a store is regulated, and it has like a parts per million or whatever the measurement yeah. is to use it. Right? Like you yeah. can't parts per million something you make on your filthy kitchen counter no and i don't know if any of you need me to say this but just the silver not that great for you in large quantities right not really literally why she's a blue corpse it's not because she turned blue after she died she was blue when she was alive she was blue because you turn a little blue when you take too much colloidal silver it's a great way to know you should stop taking colloidal silver excellent indicator um however it's probably a little late at that point and you should genuinely seek medical help um, because that's not great turning blue. Um, but people have definitely turned a little blue and gotten help and been okay. I've heard this before. So very sad, disturbing colloidal silver uh, plot alignment here. Oh, when it showed the, uh, the colloidal silver being made in their filthy house, I wrote, I know exactly what this house smells like. <laughs> Oh, you're so right, too. You're so right. I absolutely know that you're correct. My yep. God. Um, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay. So this kind of rounds out the episode. So they show us their money-making gig. They show us their super gross uh, colloidal silver-making mm-hmm. kitchen counter that everyone's breathing all yeah. over. Well, and, and we then, also meet FM in this episode. That's, that's And then we see, yep. It oh, rounds yeah, I, out. I was with... scared. I was scared that you were that we were missing it, but you yeah, were ready. Yeah, you were yeah. right there. So yeah, right yeah, there. We that's meet, it. We it meet, rounds yeah, out with him. It rounds out with him. And he is the last, and this is this is gonna be a little confusing. So let me just spark notes this really fast because yeah. this is Father God as we're introduced to him. That's correct, and the end of the f- first episode. This is though Father Multiverse. Um, if you're familiar with the Love mm-hmm. is One Coat, this is FM. Um, he is not one of the Father Gods that just disappears, he'll be around the whole time. Um, that's why he is still speaking as like an active member also, because it's yes. not just any, any dude. Um, and so, yeah, we're introduced to the third father God here and he is, it's really weird the way he's introduced in my opinion. <laughs> How did you feel about that? Do you want to say the first clip they show of him or do you want me to? I I can say it. I think it's, is this where, um, he's talking about how she it's it's them laying on a bed together and they're like looking at each other and she says that he's carrying father energies Ew! no the very first clip of him is his ankle bracelet coming out of the shower no that's Elmira. <laughs> oh i'm sorry okay i was merging them okay i'm sorry go ahead go no, ahead sorry. no you're all good you're all good uh so no but, you're right you're right fm fm so Elmira is the last father god them. um yeah them. so fm is actually he's the brunette guy with with the beard and he yeah well mora also has dark hair and a beard so that's not great but his is more black um uh-huh, yes. fm is the is the guy 
who is yes. looks a little more Caucasian, I'll say, um, yes. in appearances. And yeah, he is sort of a very mellow vibe kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He genuinely doesn't seem that creepy. Um, they, She meets him and she basically thinks he's hot and says right. that by saying you're carrying father energy, which <laughs> freaked me the hell out. Um, she is interested in him. They begin their sexual relationship, which will eventually stop whenever she meets Father God El Moira, supposedly. Yes. Yeah. Um, but um, they always have kind of a weirdly close relationship, her and Father Multiverse. Um, right. He doesn't want to leave the group, which is why he transitions into this other name, because they yes. remain close, almost like confidants, uh-huh. but they're no longer apparently sexually involved. So that's right. that's FM. He will continue to be around through the next episodes. He's kind of a main character, I would almost say. So okay. I mainly just wanted to like highlight him and, and just note his brief falling star moment where he mm-hmm. is like b- briefly passing as a sexual partner <laughs> of uh, mother god and but then he's just gonna kind of enter bestie space i think from there but that's why i say this is a cult for people who want to be in a cult because even yes. he's like i father god and he's like no but i'll stay oh. yeah <laughs> straight up he just is willing to take it which i think is yeah. really really shocking um but yeah, that's that's FM. There's not too much that we get that's like, oh, we have to talk about this other than that gross opening conversation between the two of them where it's Ugh. very clear that she's just like, I'm into you. And he's like, all right. Um, and then the only other thing I wanted to say before we round out with Almoira is just that we finally hear for the first time the brief hints, and I think this is all we're going to get in the Love His One Dog for this, um, of the Trump and QAnon alignments. Yeah, oh, yeah, let's you have get, that, yeah. You get a few little clips where like the followers are saying things like, Q... Q means queen of the universe. That is literally mother God. So he, mm. it's like they're aligning in very serious ways with a very gross counterculture in this country. Yeah, I did write down and they're down with Hitler and QAnon. <laughs> yeah, there's this clip where they ask the two two girls that are sitting at a table on a live stream, like, how was Hitler involved in working for the light or whatever? And they're just kind of like, ah, well, everybody is. And you right. can tell that they're not actually answering the question because they're on live stream. But anyway, yeah. that was my final like tag. Let's get back into though the probably the biggest character in the whole episode besides the fact there's a character named mother god somehow this guy's still holding it down oh moira so how (laughs) let's go back how do we meet el moira in this first shot his ankle bracelet emerges from the shower i think this is a work of modern art when we see him in the bathtub his ankle bracelet the leg is straight up there's a bag of mrs teal's lavender bath salts sitting on the hotel room toilet Uh he's just enjoying a box he's living you know? his best life he's sans his, his ankle i can't believe it it cracked me <laughs> up completely he's terrifying yes or as funny as that intro is this is genuinely one of the scariest men i've ever seen interviewed on a documentary <laughs> no joke my favorite part is that like right after we see the ankle bracelet and he tells off and checks in with his po he then sits down for the interview and they say, what's your name? And he says, father of all creation, but he can't even say it with a straight face. No. Like he can't say it with a straight face. No. But he'll take um, the title, but he's like, okay. <laughs> he is like, and this is, I'm not going to get into explaining why I think this, because they're going to really get into it in the next episode. So this is like yeah. a fun little cliffhanger for our audience on some level, but 
This guy is literally the human personification of Ken from the Barbie movie. This guy is Ken, except for like a dark one that's not wearing yeah. a cute shirt and a sweater. He's like the real evil masculine vibe. He literally, like, he isn't that into the Father God thing. He's into the power thing. And oh, so, yeah, like, that's why I say he can't even say it with a straight exactly, face. He like, doesn't he think it's real. He doesn't think it's real, but he loves it. And he he's, loves it. And he's yeah. so just like invested. Yeah, in it, and it's ah, it's amazing. It's really shocking to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to say, oh, Moira. His name is actually Ryan. Al Moira is um his cult name that they reference in the show, and they're not calling him Father God because Al Moira is like a name for King Arthur, I guess. Like they all have their super fanciful names. Sure. Um, and so that's his. I'm doing him a little too much credit by calling him that his name was actually Ryan Kramer. Um, but it might be hard to keep track of who I was talking about if <laughs> I referred to this dude as Ryan Kramer. Um, but yeah, he is scary. He has a foreboding energy. Um, and he's got an ankle tracker on. Yeah, this was actually what made me unable to to watch the second episode because it does. I started it and it dives right into him. And I was like, yeah, I can't hang. I got to get like physically better before I like can manage yeah. this. Um, he has a lot. I will say good call on the name change, Ryan Kramer, because that doesn't inspire a culty following. And I, I tell me if I'm alone in this, if I meet a new guy that I'm like interested in, in any way, my first check is like, can I say this person's name during sex or will it? Yeah. Will it be awful? And I don't think, oh, Ryan Kramer. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm, Ryan. No, no, Mm -mm. I don't really like the name Ryan in general. So that's not, but Kramer is an especially bad. Yeah. Yeah, and it feels it. so suitably fitting for you, Ryan, um, in real life, despite all of your other fanciful names you've taken on. Um, yeah. But yeah, I will say, as fun as it is to talk about his intro in this, we'll definitely, as you've already noticed, and know, because you know the story of Love is One, um, it's going to get a little spicier once we get into episode two and start talking a little bit more about some of the downfall of the group really yeah what's interesting is that there's not even like most cults have a really lovely golden time in the beginning you know when things when they haven't Mm -hmm. murdered anybody or like you know that nobody's been abused yet and that's not even happening here it feels like people come straight in and get like sexually abused or they get you know like inundated with drugs and no food like it, it it seems like a really like a dark scene from the beginning and the, and the clips of the space, even though the in the clips, the bulk of it is people going like, yay, we're so glad you're here. Welcome. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. It doesn't no, it feel does good. Not a good vibe at all. Um, and that's not me like hanging on to the ending. I'll remind everyone that I am super into the Manson family. It's not like knowing the end ruins it for me. I usually can get into the beginning, yeah. but I, yeah, this is a tough one. It just starts with such a such a black hole of a person and then really spreads from there. It does. It really it's it starts from such a loss, I would say, and then it goes further downhill, I would say, from there. Um Yeah. yeah. And that's it. The the episode 1 ends with the father of all creation being unable to say his own title without 
laughing and then checking in with his PO. And that's the end of the first episode. So it is, it is a really good documentary. I liked the episode. It was well done and, and interesting, but it is a hard watch. Yeah, it is a very hard watch. Um, yeah, it's sad. Things are clearly not going somewhere good, I would say. How far afield is this for you from your initial impression of Love Has Won, given just the basic episode we did on it in the beginning? Um, I would say this is a pretty big departure um, in Me terms too. of the drug use like we talked about. I, I will say that the darkness of it at the end makes sense, but I think that I was really surprised that there was never like a happier time. Like you're saying there was never like a yeah. happier hook that really surprised me. I always assumed that there was a period of a long period of time where Amy was like, just looking great, feeling amazing. Mm. It was a really great spiritual leader. Like people would come in and she'd host a meditation class or they would all just sit and listen to her tell a story for a while without the presence of her smoking a pipe. You know, like I really thought that would be, a part of it and it never was from the looks of it, it. Never like was. it literally was like there was some of that in the very beginning online that she put mm-hmm. out and that seemed yeah. like semi-genuine and i and i don't think the stuff she was saying really made any sense but i feel no, like the didn't. vibes were more similar to what i was expecting yeah. and after that it's almost immediately gone by like the first time her followers are with her in presence in person she does not seem to be in a space like i would have expected her to be in personally. Yeah, I think, and I did a lot of research before we did this because I was intrigued by the group and I wanted to see everything I could see. So I I watched a shit ton of videos, but none of this inside the house footage was available. It was all their videos I was able to watch, which are curated differently um, mm-hmm. because it's their intentional videos that they're putting out for people. Um, and and in those, a lot of times she's really angry and off a rocker and batshit crazy. So yeah. my assumption was that she was probably always mean and crazy. And again, like I have a low tolerance for stupid people and she, I'm just going to say it, she seems pretty dumb. Like nothing she says Mm -hmm. is elevated or interesting or new at all. Um, Right. And so I, my feeling, and again, a lot of research, but in my research, the impression that I got initially was that she was kind of shitty, but that everybody else there was like, I'd like to be in a culty commune and have fun with it. And so my impression was that they kind of let their crazy leader be a crazy leader and they enjoyed playing cult. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I thought they were having fun doing that. I didn't realize they were all starving and poisoning themselves from day one. Yeah, that's that was a surprising. That was a surprising twist. Um, I didn't think that. Yeah, I definitely I definitely did not think that that was the way that it was going to go. But yeah, it was dark from the beginning and it stays dark. And it's probably part of the reason that it's such a short arc, relatively speaking, for this group. Like they really Mm, they don't make it a super long time. I can't I don't off the top of my head remember exactly how long the group lasts. I don't know if you do, but not a super long time in the range of five years, less than 10. So yeah, that's um, she was fucking dead by then. Yeah, well, and, it, and unfortunately, it's because she passed away. And, and and technically, they probably tell you, excuse me, that they still believe and it's still going on or whatever. But really, it's got a sh- pretty short peak um, that's that's going on here. Also, I have to 
um, redact myself for a second at the end of this episode because I realized that I got carried away with the names and I missaid the names um, oh, okay. a little bit and I need to make a quick clarification. So sorry, listeners, for this because I just looked this up because I got concerned and I was convinced <laughs> that I was wrong. Um, Good job. So the catch is Almoira is the name of that curly-headed guy who's one of the like knights. Um, he's the first person to talk about the last... Um, the last guy that we're talking about, the scary father uh-huh. guy with the ankle bracelet, um, uh-huh. that, so Elmoira is that guy with the long hair in okay. the footage in the beginning. I guess that's actually him that comes to the door or one of them that yes, comes to the door that, and yep, they I label him that way. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was, I got off in my head and I had thought of both of these guys in that way. I actually was just wrong. Elmoira is the fall fo- is the follower that's a member of the group. Um, okay. and he is he is um, Ryan Kramer. Um, and then um, the person that is we see with the ankle monitor in the bathtub, um, that is Father God, Father of all creation, what have you. And his name is Jason. I don't remember his last name, but oh, his name is yes, Jason. Because he's I went, the methy crazy person that ends up splitting off and controlling exactly. a mother god off branch. Got it. Yep. Exactly. And so I apologize. That was really confusing in the last bit of the episode on my part. But I do just before we even get out of it, want to say that was not correct on my part. There's a lot of people changing their names from basic person names into <laughs> very fanciful names. And I got a little mixed up. Um, but those two men are both just men that have ponytails. It turns right, out. right. You can yeah. understand my confusion. I saw a white man, white-ish man, white appearing <laughs> man with a ponytail, and I was like, "Yes, that man." Elmoira, not true. Amarin, it's going to be so embarrassing when I take you to a commune. They all look like this. <laughs> I'm going to work it out. Probably with you. <laughs> the main reason I can't join the commune is because I can't separate out men with ponytails. Apparently, even if they look very different from each other. <laughs> So in communes, you can't have two people with the same name for exactly this. Like the level of gossip and confusion would be too much. And so when people come in with common names and don't want a like crazy, fanciful hippie name, we have to do something with them. So I remember living on the farm at one point at one place and there were like 10 people named David. So we had a David, Dave B, Dave O, New Dave, Old Dave, Dava, David, David. That's I can remember off the top of my head. Yeah. That is amazing. Yes. So this is exactly, I needed a little bit more separation. Frankly, the multiple father gods was too much for my brain. I think that's really where I got off track. There it should have been some sort of delineate. Like every, every father god that was moved on from should have gotten another name like Father Multiverse said, they should yeah. all have gotten so that I could separate them out better. It was so easy for me to keep track of Father Multiverse. Yeah. Again, so. my friends and I in community call this a fuck chart. And it's a way to chart who slept with who by by proxy. So beautiful. It's a great identification for sure within this group. But you're welcome. Yes, we've a lot of sh- lot of shady characters. Some of them identified accurately, some of them not. Um, definitely shaping up for a questionable breakdown and some worse footage of Amy looking Ugh. not very good. Okay, guys, get ready. If you want to watch this along with us in real time, I think that might be the most fun for all of us. But like, seriously, we're in in, as we record this, we're coming up on Christmas. So some some light family content for you over Uh the holidays. Oh, don't be triggered by your own Christmas lights. 
while you're watching this. So true. This is honestly kind of a rude group for us to have brought up at this time. There's a lot oh. of reminders. There's alcohol around. Oh. There's I'm kidding. But yeah, it's going to be a fun one to stay strapped in for, but it's probably going to be most fun if you watch it along with us because there is yeah. truly so much content um, in these episodes that we're talking about, and it'll probably make the most sense if you have also seen it when we're talking through it. But we hope you come back regardless. Yeah, listen, get your best, get your best comfort vices. Mine are yeah. chapstick and chips and salsa, whatever yours are. Bring them in. Watch this show with us. We'll see you next time for episode two of Love Has Won: The Cult of Mother God. Be safe. Um, only take colloidal silver in safe amounts and um, not super often. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and listen, keep Mod Podge off your religion. Keep it out of there, okay? Arts and crafts can stay apart, but separate, okay? Separate Separation of Mod and Podge. Skilled. Church and Mod Podge. Church and Mod Podge are meant to be separate. Separation, okay. Hold and that standard. That, namaste. Namaste to you. Hey friends, if you are loving cults I join and want to help us share the fun, here are some actions you can take. Subscribe and share the show on any podcast platform. Rate and review us on Google. This keeps us visible and gives an angel its wings, or at least that's what our guru says. Follow us at cultsidejoin on the .com, the Facebook and the Insta, and then hit us there with all your comments, discussions and questions. We really do love hearing what you think. Finally, a huge thank you to our co-creators. Editing and post-production is by DeverWeb, and the biggest thanks to the incomparable Miss Devin Spruill, our theme song creator and performer. You should go soak up her music right now. And that's it, y'all. Thanks for listening, and happy culting!